This is Original Six. What in the H-E double hockey sticks is going on in Toronto with Kyle Dubas? Ryan Savina, Paul Ananitis, Zach Mullen, Original Six Podcast. It's just pandemonium in the city of Toronto right now. Let's I, I don't even I don't even have words because this is all happening right now. Like right as we're recording, like 20 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago. Trades are I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. What's going on? Paul, give us like on on like using your energy level as your meter, how fired up are you? Dude, I am like so fired up, I could fly. <laughs> Buddy is is the human torch. I could literally grow wings out of my back and just fly. I'm I don't know what is happening. I thought you were gonna oh, say you're oh, gonna grow oh, wings oh. out of your ass. So I don't know what's happening because all these people are saying that Dubis is acquiring a goaltender now. It, it wouldn't surprise me. So while while recording, it's currently 5.10 p.m. on Tuesday, February 28th. So literally within the last 20 minutes, we've been finding out about some of these trades. Um, we're going to keep an eye on Twitter as we record this episode. But I, I mean, this is just absurd. Paul, you look like you have something to say. Dude, I'm just thinking, like, we were all like, yeah, we need defense, we need defense. And Dubas goes and gets a full starting five defensemen. <laughs> we have nine defenders. Nine. This is absurd. What is going on here? This this is absurd. You know what? I, I have to mention, before we talk about all of these deals, we always usually get screwed because we only post, I mean, the three of us, like our podcast, we only post once a week on, on average. So I feel like these kind of trades or any like big noteworthy, newsworthy things happen, you know, like a day after we post our episode. So we're not usually like quick to cover it. But I mean, Dubas served us up on a silver platter today. Dude, Dubas gave us a great episode. Jeez. Um, okay, let's let's. Screw weekend review. I don't really care about what happened. Yeah, we the, don't Leafs, need it. the Leafs won two games. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, hey, good job, boys. Okay, yeah, yeah. let's uh, welcome back. Follow, subscribe. Uh, you know the drill by now. Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty. They are Toronto Maple Leafs as of yesterday at the time of this recording. The Maple Leafs acquired Jake McCabe, 50% retained. Sam Lafferty, a 2024 conditional fifth round pick and a 2025 conditional fifth round pick in exchange for a 2025 conditional first round pick, a 2026 second round pick, Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev. Important to note here, McCabe is under contract for two more seasons after this one, Lafferty for one. Thoughts on the trade, Zach, throwing it to you first as uh, the Joey Anderson lover himself. I know. I was sad that, that Anderson's gone. I think he's a good player, but you know what? Like totally worth it. I think this was a great trade. It addressed you know, kind of the needs that we had. And we talked about needing it like gritty defensive guy who like is good. And I think that's Jake McCabe just based on his stats alone, had the fact that he's been on some God awful teams and still had good numbers, like better than everyone else. He's the only, I think he's the only Chicago Blackhawk with a positive plus minus. Mm -hmm. His stats are actually good for being on a team where everyone else is really bad. 
So I think like this is the opportunity for him to thrive on a team that is very good. Like, can you imagine his skills and not having to like play with terrible forwards in front of you, but instead playing on this team? It gets me excited to see what goes on for McCabe. And then Lafferty's just another depth, you know, bottom six person that can throw hits. Uh, you know, someone said he had four shorthanded goals. I don't know if that's Seven. That accurate. Seven? This you year? Know, I think he has I think he has ten goals and four of them are shorthanded. That's incredible. He that's, leads the NHL. I think he's tied for the NHL lead. That's I fantastic. So. I love it. So you know what? You're giving up a lot of good things in this trade to Chicago, but you're going to have to pay the premium to get these kind of guys. So all for it. So, so Paul, I'm curious to see what you think of this trade, because it's funny you say that, Zach. I don't think the Leafs actually paid a premium for this trade. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, all of us were expecting chicken. Like we want chicken. We want chicken. So when this, when this trade came out, I was like stunned, but but come to think of it, I think it was a very good deal, especially for what we got. And I like McCabe a lot because he's a hard-hitting defenseman. As Zach said, Lafferty's a good depth player. And I don't think we gave too much, honestly, um, for what we got back. So I really I really like this trade a lot. And I think it really helped our defense. I mean, saying that now, if we had, when we had like 6D. But, you know, I think... Jake McCabe is a fantastic addition to the team. I think that's what we really needed. And 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 Sam Lafferty, as we said, is a good depth player with a lot of good qualities to him. So I I really like it. I like it a lot. I think that was a good dub on our part. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's important to note, you know, as part of the trade, both guys, six foot one, they have around the 200 pound mark. So, you know, they didn't go to the Kyle Dubas school of being a small Speedy skill player. The Greyhound school. Yeah, exactly. Here's here's why I think this trade is fantastic. Dubis over the years has said on multiple occasions he's not into rentals. Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari probably looking more like rentals. Obviously, they're not signed past this year. Dubis goes out and pays a first round pick, which is in 2025. So it's, the condition is that it's top ten protected. So if if whatever reason. By 2025, the Leafs absolutely suck and they get a top 10 pick in 2025 that the pick we then becomes a 2026 first rounder and we we retain our, our first round pick back. Mm-hmm. I think that's irrelevant because how old is the kid that's going to get drafted right now in 2025 or 2026? He's like 13 years old, 15 years old, 15, I think 15. like it's it's so relevant and that player may not crack the NHL until 2030, right? Mm hmm. So in my mind, you give up a first and a second, you know, Pavel Gogolev, who I just learned how to pronounce his last name, and Joey Anderson, who, sorry, Zach, I don't give a two Rats cents patootie. about. That, that's okay. That's um, okay. But now you have Jake McCabe, who is only going to cost you $2 million against the cap for the next two seasons. That is a top four defenseman who can eat minutes. He's physical. He's been on two really shitty teams in Chicago and Buffalo. And I'm really interested to see what he can do on a good team. And what I, what I think a lot of people are leaving out of this trade is they, they automatically think that because Chicago is retaining 50% that they are doing Toronto a favor. But I haven't heard a lot of people talk about how Chicago retaining is also helpful for themselves. 
right? We often talk about not going over the cap limit, but there is also a salary cap floor. So for Chicago, it's actually helpful to have allocated money against their cap go to players not on their team. It helps them be bad without putting players on the ice for themselves. So I think, like if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm using that as a trade chip and try to bring down the price of this trade. Frankly, I think, I don't think it's a very good trade for Chicago. Like a first and a third is whatever. You know, like you could look at it, like McCabe was probably going to be out one way or another. Lafferty, you had one year left. I think this is a fantastic trade for Kyle Dubas. You get size, you get physicality, and you get term. Sam Lafferty is now only the fifth forward under contract after this season for the Maple Leafs. That's crazy. That's so this many is, players to resign. This is bonkers. <laughs> what is going on? I am flipping through Twitter right now. It's crazy. Like, My brain hurts. Elliot Friedman saying Edmonton and Nashville are working on a Matthias Ekholm trade and talks are intensifying. This is th- this trade. I feel so bad for TSN's uh, panelists because trade deadline day is going to be boring. Yeah, everything's happening now. To talk about if trade deadline was today, I would be watching the whole day, but it's not. It felt like it was today, like like the way today has gone. It it felt like trade deadline day. Yeah, there's <laughs> other deals going. Like I don't even, I can't even wrap my head around some of the stuff that's going on right now. I, I well, can't. let's let's keep talking about it. Um, allegedly, McCabe had every other Canadian team besides Toronto on his no trade list. So the guy clearly, I mean, it's not like Toronto was necessarily his first choice, but he was, however you want to spin it, open to or wanting to come here um, and follow in his non-relative Brian McCabe's footsteps. Okay, the last time the Leafs won a playoff series in 2004, there was a McCabe on defense. This is true. That's all I'm saying. This is true. Um. Where do we see McCabe and Lafferty slotting into the lineup? I think Lafferty is an easy one. That's likely a fourth-line guy. I think third. I think fourth, sorry. Well, who... Yeah, so, third. So third. keeping in mind, we haven't talked about, you know, the, the trades that have happened after this trade. But who do you guys now see as the Leafs' third-liners? I have no idea because Can I, I remember who's on the team. <laughs> I know. So, so to me, it's Yarn Croak, Camp, and Kerfoot. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm I'm on the same page as you, mostly because I want a fourth line of Vachari and Lafferty, and you know Ashton Reese. You slot in there. That's like, yeah. That's I what like I think that. the fourth line becomes too. I like that fourth line because both Achari and Lafferty are physical guys. I think now you've kind of changed. And, and Aston Reese has hit, hit hit a lot this season. I think every guy yeah. we've gotten is a big, big physical guy. This is good. Man, Joseph is... Wool is going to be so confused. <laughs> this guy doesn't know anything that goes on with Tracy. Oh, my goodness. There's a whole other team in here. He's going to walk into the dressing room and see Luke Shen and be like, what the hell is It's like back, back in 2008. Somewhere. So in 2000 and... 2008 or is 2009 the all-star game was in montreal my dad and i went we were there for like the weekend and i don't know what they had like three rookies 
as part of the all-star weekend as like like the young guns up and coming Mm -hmm. and i got to meet each of them and somewhere i have to find it i have like a set of autographed photos from each of them and it's like to ryan all the best this is like 2008 2009 those rookies were drew dowdy steven stamkos and luke shen Wow, three wow. three of the same caliber of players. Yeah, exactly. All, all three of mean, them are just all. Hey, they're all three Stanley Cup winners. Does this mean Luke Shen's just back? That that's the most exciting part about Luke Shen being in Toronto. Oh my goodness, Luke Troops <laughs> is back, hundred percent. So so what I think is funny, we haven't even talked about Luke Shen yet, but Jake McCabe gets traded to Toronto yesterday and picks number two, and now Luke Shen is a Maple Leaf and. Unless oh. McCabe wants to give up number two after he just chose it, uh, Shen might have to take a different number. I mean, I could and then see Lafferty, Sh- Lafferty took number 28, which was Joey Anderson's number. That's funny. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, That's I could funny. see Shen with like 22 though. Like he would find it. Yeah, I was talking to my dad. He's like, I feel like he'd just like slap another two on there. Um, yeah. Interesting but, to yeah. note. Everyone's going to look at Jake McCabe as the Muzzin replacement. So Kyle Dubas just replaced mm-hmm. one Jake with another Jake. Jake for Jake. Uh, where do you guys see this Jake, Jake McCabe, slotting into the lineup? Uh, Paul, what do you? where do you think here? Oh, second line with Brody? No, Brody would probably play with, um, with Riley. Holy. I, I've never had to think about the Leafs D line pairing so closely because of how much we have right now. But I'm going to say that he's going to play on the second line with Hall. If Hall's still here. I was going to say Hall might not be here. I said, yes, if Hall is still here. Yeah. Where do you, where do you see him slot, Zach? Same place, different partner. I think it's Timothy Lilligren. I think that's probably your... Your second pair now is McCabe Lilligren. But now I don't know because then you have your third pairing is now Shen. Uh, oh like seven There's guys so many, for two spots. Yeah. Like who? I don't even like Giordano is this is a must. That guy so, is a must in this roster. But like for sure. I, I think I think down the left it goes Riley McCabe Giordano. Yes. So I, I think McCabe is, you know, the second spot there after Riley. And you probably like I, I agree with you, Paul. Like I feel like Lilligren it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But part of me now, with the acquisition of Luke Shen, is just thinking about a banger pair of McCabe and Shen together. You know what? Oh. Like that you know would what? be trouble for anyone going up against them. The Leafs are running three lines forwards and four set of D pairings. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. We're playing three, four what is this, lines beer and league? This is beer league hockey. Buddy, like... we have the absolute biggest goon squad. This our is defense, Our defense has turned into just a hitting monstrosity. Luke Shen has over 200 hits this season because he can't do anything else. Jake McCabe is a hard-hitting defenseman. Giordano... It's just good. It. He, He's just good. He's just good. He Lilligan blocks shots. The body when he has to. He's, yeah, best, blo- best shot blocker in the NHL, that's for sure. Like, I don't even know what's happening right now. This is crazy. 
Yeah. I'm and fired I, up and confused. I feel like these trades addressed like a glaring problem, which was can you go into a playoff series with Lilligren and Sandine as like a solid pairing? And the answer no. was no. Uh oh. And so I feel like Uh-oh. that's something. Paul, that's been is there what? What Paul, no, why no, are you I'm waving? Just, I'm just I'm just ha- I just have a suggestion. Uh-oh. Can we go to the first leaf game to see Luke Shen and just give him the biggest standing ovation? That'll be like next weekend because they have four more road games. Perfect. So we have time to save money. Great. <laughs> Great. Let's just go drop drop an absolute bomb on Leaf tickets. Um, so they bring in Jake McCabe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but I talked about, I, I want to say five, six weeks ago, when we first started looking ahead to trade deadline time, I said Sandine was kind of a trade opportunity, like someone that Dubas could consider trading just because he has a return and you you would you would at least be willing to move him because he brings you know prospect in the future for for someone who can bring you more now um so I, I think the McCabe trade did make him the odd one out I know we were talking yesterday in our group chat like does McCabe play the right side to accommodate but I, I think now um you know it's pretty obvious that Sandine was the odd one out so let's talk about that trade Duba sends. Rasmus Sandin to the Washington Capitals in exchange for Eric Gustafson and a 2023 first round pick, which was Boston's first round pick that they gave to Washington in exchange for Orlov and Hathaway. So initial thoughts on this trade, because everyone, I think this was the surprise trade. We mm-hmm. we knew another trade mm-hmm. had to come because after the McCabe Lafferty deal, if you send down Wall, you're still over the cap, can't activate Murray. So your options there were send a player down or trade someone. So even after the Sandine trade, they still weren't cap compliant in order to activate Murray. But before we even get there, let's talk about the Sandine trade. Zach, what were your initial thoughts? I I, I mean, you, you're a pretty big Sandine uh, fan yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was kind of one of those guys where... Uh, I did have high hopes for him, and I definitely didn't expect him to get traded, like, at all. Like, I thought it was like, ah, uh, he's the odd man out, but I don't think Dubas will. Uh, I totally like this trade, though. I feel like getting the first-round pick, even though it's Boston, so, you know, Boston looking like the juggernaut they are, it's probably going to be a late first-round pick. That's still good, you know, capital to use in terms of trading elsewhere. Like, I feel like I don't... I would be really surprised if we kept that first rounder. Uh, I'd be pretty shocked if we kept it. So, and I like Eric Gustafson. Wasn't he the defenseman that got a hat trick against us this year? Yes, sir. Correct. We've definitely been trade hunting him since that game. But uh, (laughs) yeah, uh, good return. Uh, You know, Gustafson, I'm just like quickly looking up his stats. Plus nine this year on a Washington team. That's like, meh, 21 penalty minutes, 38 points. Seven goals, three of which came against us in one game. But, you know, I don't even know where he slots into the lineup for this. To be honest, I, I, I don't see him slotting in at all. I don't think he, like, you look at Sandin, like, he's not going to take out Riley, McCabe, or Giordano. I think he becomes your, you know, whether the Leafs keep him, he becomes your fourth left shot defenseman become playoffs because that depth is helpful. It's a guy who has playoff experience um, or he's a trade piece, but you talked about getting the first back for Sandine, even if they don't move it, 
I think it's just good asset management for Dubis. You have a player in Sandine who's now the odd man out. If you're going to ship him out, at least bring back some draft capital because we already shipped out our first round pick for next year. Even if you don't move it, you have a first round pick. That's, you know, you can take a late first round pick or you can trade it at the draft. Like there's so many options just to bring that back to get something out of Sandine who, if you didn't trade him, was just going to rot as your seventh defenseman. I think uh, that makes sense. Paul, what did you think of uh, Sandine heading out to U.S. Capitol? I mean, I was surprised too. I know that I was reading about it, that he was probably going to be the odd man out. He probably wouldn't crack the roster. And I was saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we did trade him. I, I like the return we got too. And I, as you guys were saying... I don't think we'll keep that first rounder. I think Dubis does something up his sleeve. However, if we keep the first rounder, it's a win. If we don't keep the first rounder and get somebody out of it, it's a win. So in my opinion, I think this trade was very good. I think it gives Sandine an opportunity to go somewhere that gives him playing time and, and, and a place to develop, which is something Dubis is very good at when he wants to trade players that he's not normally wanting to trade. He puts them in a scenario where they can get an opportunity to succeed. For sure. So like, I, look, Joey Anderson is now going to be an everyday player for Chicago. Exactly. So I, I, I like this trade. I'm very sad to see our Swedish Prince leave, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Let, let him cook. Let him cook. You letting Sandine cook or Dubas? No, let Dubas cook. Let Dubas cook. Come on. Let him cook. I think a lot of people are going to be upset with this trade though. I think, I, I think their feelings towards it will be shadowed by their just confusion with everything going on today and yesterday. Um, but I, I think it's a great move. Just two two pieces to bring back. And again, like Sandine was making 1.4. I also think Sandine's contract done after next season. Dubas probably looks at that saying like, that's not a guy who we can afford based on where we would probably have to slot him into our lineup. Right. I think he becomes a victim of being too good for his spot in Toronto, which we've seen time and time again, we've seen it with Nazem Kadri. Um, yes. And this is where I forget all other names that I previously had in my head. Um, like Alexander Berbanov, Josh Levo, like guys who had a lot of potential Trevor Moore, Sean Dursey, like guys who just like there weren't there wasn't space for them in Toronto at the time. So they'll they'll probably go out and be better than they were for us just because they have that opportunity. Um I think Sandine will do well in Washington. I mean mm-hmm, for sure. As far as left shot defensemen go, Orlov's gone. So I think Orlov's left shot defenseman. I want to say. I think so. Because I know a, Carlson's yes. on the right, on the top pair. There's a new trade that happened. Oh god. Na, 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 na. Toronto not trade. The, not for the Leafs though, unfortunately. But Matthias Ekholm went to Edmonton. No. I hate That's... when Edmonton gets better. I know. Hey. They, well, I mean, their their blue line really stinks, so this helps them a little bit, but it's not like I mean, keep them in the West. The West finally got one decent yeah, trade that came out of it. <laughs> it did stay in the West. 
good story in the West, but I think everything's really happening in the East. But you like it's like you know like just hearing about this now. Matt Eckholm makes what seven million for another seven years, something like that, and he's already thirty. So yeah. that will that will be a very bad contract for Edmonton down the line. Oh yeah, for sure. But Edmonton's known for giving really shitty contracts. Jack Campbell. Yeah, this is this is true. Or just signing ex-Leaf players to try and make them the new Leafs. They can have our slappy seconds. Yeah, exactly. They're going to sign Justin Hall next year. Watch. I would you love that. You know what? That. that wouldn't even surprise me. No, they took Cody Cece. I mean, Hall's an upgrade at that point. Uh, Matthias Ekholm, cap hit of 6.25. It's a lot. You're going to pay him. Yeah, you're going to pay him what? till he's 36, 37? Uh, yes. How old is he now? He's 32 right now. You, yeah, so 36. I think four years left, you said. Yeah, like 36. Yeah, that is absurd. All right, let's keep the ball rolling on leaf stuff here. So, even after the Rasmus Sandin trade, if they wanted Mm -hmm. to send down Joseph Wall Mm -hmm. and then activate Matt Murray, they were still about 500, 600k over the cap. So, at that point, we're not able to activate Matt Murray whenever that's ready to happen. Paul is smiling. I think there's another trade. No, no, nothing. I'm just oh, looking God. at I'm just looking at Twitter and because I'm refreshing constantly to see if there's something new. Some of the comments people post, like the retweets are just hilarious. Like the the memes. Oh, it's it's amazing. Like what Dubis is on right now for doing all these trades. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I can see the best tweet I can see right now, because I'm also refreshing Twitter, is will Shen be the first to lift the cup now since he was technically the original Leaf? <laughs> That's what I was to saying to my dad. That's what I was saying. Like, <laughs> Riley Riley is the longest tenured Leaf, but Luke Shen was a Leaf first. <laughs> so, interesting. Anyway, Rasmus Sandin, out the door. Kaput, see you later. We're still over the cap if we want to activate Murray off the IR. Kyle Duba says... Uh, we are sending the giraffe with a long neck to the Long Island. Uh, Pierre Engvall. The giraffe has left the zoo. Exactly. Pierre Engvall shipped out to the Islanders for a third round pick. Um, I think out of the three of us, I was probably the biggest Engvall supporter. Just because someone had to take the place of uh, Frederick Goudreau. Frederick Goudreau? Freddie Gauthier. Freddie Gauthier. I don't know why I said wow. Goudreau. That's a wrong. You just moved. You moved on so so fast. You got closure. You just moved past. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie Gauthier. Excuse me. Um, I I liked Engvall. I think the cap hit is cheap on an expiring deal, like making I think just over a million or like a one five. Um, you know I I I think he's a guy who has potential, just doesn't play consistently to like the good part of his play. Obviously, that was a really poorly worded sentence. But I think as a bottom six guy go, he's big. Didn't really use his size enough, but, like, the skill and the skating was there. Um, But in terms of who you're going to move out of the bottom six, if you are going to move a forward, it was either Engvall or Kerfoot. You're you're not moving Aston Reese because him making league minimum is helpful. You're not going to move Lafferty, who you just acquired. You're not going to move Achari, who you just acquired. You can't move Yarncroke because he is signed. And I think he has some sort of no trade clause in part of his contract. And you're probably not going to move out camp. And then that just leaves you with Kerfoot, who I guess Dubas is still wanting to keep or just holding on to one more thing he has cooking. Um, 
So, I mean, like, do, do you guys really have any thoughts about Engvall heading out for a third? I mean, no, because what from I, did you mention it? How I was looking at Twitter. Did you mention how that third was given for the Luke Shen trade? So it was basically like a like a Luke. Well, Shen it wasn't. Third. It wasn't the same pick. It wasn't the Islanders' third we gave. Oh, was it? No, it was Toronto's okay. third for this year. Oh. But anyway, Got just it. just in terms of the return, like, are you okay with sure. the fact that it was Engvall and? Does the third coming back even matter? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't think it matters really, but... Yeah, for me, it was like you said, Ryan, like I think Kerfoot and Engvall were those two pieces that are kind of expendable. And, you know, this opens up more opportunities, I think. I don't know. Like, I wasn't a huge Kerfoot or Engvall fan for either of them. Like... Uh, Kerfoot had a great year in playoffs a couple years ago, but he's that guy that like probably has to move. It wouldn't surprise me if he still moved, but yeah, Engvall was was great, but just not. I don't know. He was inconsistent. Pecking order. Yeah. Yes. You know, in terms in terms of a bottom six winger, you know, we brought in the physicality, so we you know in terms like we don't need that skill as much because. Like, we have the other skilled guys, you know, as the bottom six skilled guys. So I think it made sense that he was the one on the way out. And then coming back in, Luke Shen for a third-round pick. I think Luke Shen makes 800K against the cap, if I'm not mistaken. Checking. On a pretty friendly contract. Uh, I am correct. 850. Wow, very friendly. And uh, unrestricted free agent after this year. Yeah. And it's Luke Shen. Yeah. So, I mean, other than nostalgia, other than nostalgia for the three of us, because I feel like, at least for me, when I really started getting into hockey, Luke Shen was around the Leafs. Like that, he was he like one of the core pieces there. Um, so, just thoughts on on bringing uh, Shen back? Yeah, it's a it's a nice homecoming. Like I I actually liked Luke Shen. Luke Shen, like as a player, I know like I don't know if he got like a lot of hate at the time like he was kind of like the jake gardner before jake gardner you know that is a fantastic way to look at it that is a very good way of yeah looking at it. so i just i think he he got a lot of hate but you know he was a good player and i think he really adds to the team he's kind of like the guy right shot you know cheap you know you can kind of throw him anywhere so i'm 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 glad we acquired him not just for the nostalgia but i think also because he makes his team better Paul, what about yep. you? Yeah, I, I exactly what Zach said. I think he's been actually playing really well for, for Tampa when he actually gets the opportunity. And, you know, he's a hard-hitting defenseman, which is what we wanted. Um, He's that, like, gritty third-liner, kind of like, I guess, a Zach Bogosian. Yep. Like, like a Zach Bogosian, like, does his job, gets those hits out there. And, you know, it, it's nothing wrong with this trade really you don't lose anything and you actually gain a little bit from it so i like it and yeah zach said it's a nice homecoming too to see him back so we'll see what happens it's exciting yeah um if if i'm reading this stat correctly luke shen has 258 hits on the season yep that's correct lovely that is an absurd number um i i do see him as the third pairing guy I think he pretty much puts the Timmins or Hall debate to rest because it's him now. 
Um, so, you know, with this acquisition, part of me thinks Hall is, is still on his way out this year, like seriously on his way out before the deadline. Because there's think too about, many guys. There's, there's, there's too, way there's, too many. There's too many. <laughs> like, to me, Timmons is your seventh defender because yeah. he's under contract for two more years cheap after this one, uh, and he's a right shot guy. So to me, like we talked about before, on, on the right side, as of right now, you have Brody, Lilligren, Hall, Shen, Timmons. That's that's five players on the right side, and you only have space for three. Timmons, to me, is the worst out of those players, or you know him and Hall are in- interchangeable. But because he's under contract, to me, that makes Hall the guy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no other explanation really. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to see because everyone, because a lot of these, um, a lot of these insiders are saying like Dubis is not done. So I'm just waiting to see what he's doing. And I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Hall is one of the guys to go. Yeah, I would be surprised if he remains a Leaf after the deadline. That would be more yeah, of a me surprise too. for me. I hope I think Paul, he... Paul's crying. Yeah, the only the only problem with Hall's contract is his modified Everything? no train clause. What? He has a modified what? no trade clause? Yes. So I just looked it up on Cap Friendly. And oh my god. Has... Who gave him that? Who the hell gave him that? <laughs> Signed by Kyle Dubas. Oh, oh Kyle, god damn it. Kyle, it was going so <laughs> well. Kyle was doing so well. Let me find out he gives friggin' Justin Holland no trade clause. Uh, it's uh, it says M. <laughs> what M- is going so, on? It's and modified. modified, yeah. So player submits a ten-team no trade list. Okay, so he has a no trade list. It's not like he has to approve where he's going. We just can't send him to the ten. Okay, teams. so Arizona. No, but part of me, part oh, of me shit. thinks Hall. As twisted as it is, if he does want to go somewhere, or I mean, if he, you know, in terms of let's say he's getting traded, he wants to go. Part of me thinks that's a guy who wants to go to a bad team where he gets significant ice time to prove himself and earn some some money in future contracts. That's a good point, actually. I like, I don't think, like, obviously the guy wants to win. Like, every NHL player wants to win. Can't win sneeze. with him on your team. <laughs> I just muted myself to sneeze. I was really worried I missed the mute button. No, you're good. Don't worry. No, you're um, good. But part of me thinks he wants to go to a team where he gets ice time. I mean... He was he was getting ice time on Toronto. Let's 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 be real about this. But wants to go to a team where he gets ice time, and Paul is freaking out. So just just because because Tyson Berry was involved in that trade to Nashville. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ekholm and a sixth. Yeah, Ekholm and a sixth to Edmonton, and to Nashville it's Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, a first this year, and a fourth. So not only did Edmonton overpay for the guy, they're also gonna have a bad contract. No, I don't. I don't year. think they overpaid. If on, if anything, I think that's a pretty good. Like Eckholm was a that's good a player, lot, though. No, I don't. Tyson Berry sucks. Don't don't confuse he the stinks. name value. Oh no, I leaf, right. Oh no, no, no. It's everything else. That's like you're more. getting you're getting a legit top four, potentially top two defender for a roster player you don't like and a first round pick. Yeah. I actually think that's a really good return for Edmonton. The only issue with that becomes the contract gets worse with time. Mm. But in terms of return, like I think that's actually a very good deal for the Oilers. Agreed. 
This this is just crazy. Paul, I don't know this what you said a... in our chat, but something's cooking here. Something's cooking here. I don't know what I said. Okay, so let's I, I don't even know where we're at in terms of Oh yeah. So let's let's see. If you know the word out there is that Dubis isn't done. It, whether or not that's true, it's just you know it's just you words. It can't at this be done. Point. There's too many defensemen. So what do you what do you guys think? Is the next logical move? Because let me, I mean, like, I'm just spitballing. Okay, enough out of you. <laughs> let me let me just spitball here in terms of my thoughts. Check up, check one. Okay, enough out of you, Paul. You, you're you're <laughs> in a timeout. I'm gonna mute you. Master control. Check up, check one. Okay, so the only thing on forward I could possibly pick if I really had to pick as a need Jacob, is still one. Paul. <laughs> Please, the adults are talking here. Sorry. The only thing on offense I could possibly see, if I really had to nitpick, us being still in need of is Jacob Chikrin. No. Yes. Hell yeah. Is 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 still a top six winger because the the Ryan O'Reilly mm. acquisition is great, but Matthew again, dies. I still think ideally O'Reilly is a third line center. But you know that's that's up to debate. Defensively. I think you're set. You just brought in McCabe. You brought in Luke Shen. You bring in a left and a right defenseman, both physical, both hit, checks all the boxes. In that sense, you get them both at really good prices in terms of contracts. The only need I possibly see, and Paul, you alluded it to before, is a net. Not Jacob Chikrin. No, no, um, no. Is, is a net. No, yeah, but that, I think like, he's to me, on the defense. To me, the it's only the, the the most realistic option here, I see Dubis if he's gonna make another trade, is for some sort of goalie because he doesn't trust Matt Murray, at least his health. That's just that's just what I'm thinking. I, I don't I don't actually see him going out and getting a top six winger. If he did, I mean I, I think that would be absolutely lights out because you could move a Kerfoot and a Hall for a top six winger and just really go all in with a rental because those are both players on expiring deals anyway. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why a, a, um, another GM would want two expiring players for their expiring player. I don't think that's a good asset management. So you'd have to throw in a pick there somewhere in some capacity. Um, but what do you guys think? Like what what could possibly be next outside of shipping out a defenseman? Like what, what, what does Dubas need to bring in, if anything, or does he even need to bring anything in? Uh. I have no I idea. I don't think so. I don't think he needs to add. I have a I have a really crazy idea that I'm not the only one. I've seen people on Twitter also do this. I sent you guys a tweet about this earlier. But uh, now it looks like there's space in our top six left wing for Matthew Nyes to pop in after Minnesota's season is done. Just uh, slot him up there with Poppy. And not going to happen. Ryan's shaking. And El Capitan. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not <laughs> happening. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't think other than clearing up the defense, it wouldn't surprise me if that's that's pretty much it. I have no idea. I don't know what Dubis is uh, is planning right now. Like, like, like to like I, I don't I don't see how you can add more on defense. Like we've we've mentioned how there's a surplus at this point, plus with what will debatably be your sixth defenseman for the rest of the season, Riley, Brody, McCabe, Lilligren, Giordano, Shen. You're not going to add to take any of those guys out. 
right? Like that's that's where I view it. Like none of those guys are coming out of your lineup. So on defense, you've got to assume Dubis is done unless Lilligren is next because Riley, Brody, McCabe, Gio are staying. So unless Lilligren's next, he's done in terms of defensemen. Um, so it's either goalie or top six winger, which, which I do still think is a need of this team. But like I will acknowledge my bias, and that's just me being greedy because we've been treated to so many trades. What's one more? I think Dubis has made more trades in the last hour than he has in the last three trade trade deadlines. You're not wrong. That's that's pretty accurate. It's crazy, man. I don't know, like, I don't know, like do you, can you guys can you guys like let's say we go down the the top six winger rabbit hole. Do any names come to mind from you guys in terms of could potentially slot in the top six, not too expensive? Um, at this point, I think, like, correct me if you guys think otherwise. Excuse me. I don't think he can bring in anyone with term in that top six unless they're really cheap. I think it, it has to be a guy who is expiring so that the cap can be gone next year because we have a boatload of extensions to sign. Yeah, the problem is anybody that's like kind of high on this list has too much. Like, there's too much cap. Like, you're looking at Tyler Bertuzzi in Detroit. JVR is reportedly on the move from Philadelphia. Like, I, it's, it would be very difficult in order to like fit those guys in the lineup in terms of salary. It's doable, but like, I feel like it's difficult. So it's hard to say. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if nothing really, really comes of it. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, to me, Bertuzzi is the the fish that I would want. Bertuzzi, he's young. He's he is a UFA after this year. His contract is he's getting paid four point seven five mil this year. So you know you could fifty percent retain that for our. Yeah, keep in mind that also gets prorated based on when you acquire him. So let's say they acquire him at deadline day, it's it's prorated. So it's it's not like. It's actually less than his full contract that you actually have to take on against your cap. Like think of when Minnesota took on a quarter of O'Reilly's cap to to bring him here. They only paid what like fifty two grand against their salary cap, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, keep in mind it's it's prorated. There's signing bonuses, so I'm not gonna pretend like to to understand it completely, but it, it's not as simple as saying Bertuzzi has a four point seven million dollar cap hit. But I don't know, like that's that's the guy I would go after. But I think Detroit's also in a weird spot where like they're kind of a fringe playoff team. Do they want to rebuild? Do they want to acquire? Are they a buyer or a seller? Yeah, they haven't really done anything this year, mm-hmm. like in terms of trade wise. Detroit. Like, yeah, I don't think they've done much in the last couple of years. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, there was rumors Larkin was going to get moved at the deadline. Yeah, everyone thought he was coming here when he was praising Mitchie. Maybe that's who we're getting. Sure. No, I'm kidding. Dylan Larkin? I would love Dylan Larkin to come here. He's I'd a be a good top six that. winger. Nah, he can play the wing. So can O'Reilly. Well, I think it's more more so Tavares. Um, let's let's move on from Leafs for now. I know, Paul, you probably have to go soon-ish. Yes, I have to go, um, coach. So, Kyle Dubas better hold off on the trades. That's true. Actually, let's let's stick on these, Paul. You you head out yeah. when you have to, right. or is that now? A couple more minutes. All right. I want to so, see what you guys. So say. so just thoughts on 
let I want to touch on Dubis first before I guess Zach and I will kind of go into a bit of like the lineup stuff. But what do you guys think this means for Dubis? I mean, a guy who was, you know, not all in every year, very reserved in terms of not wanting to give up first round picks, not wanting to give up top prospects in all of these trades. He gave up some firsts. I think we would all agree in all counts. They were worth it. Yep. You know, you bring in O'Reilly and Achari for a first. You know, that's that's on par. You send out a first for McCabe and Lafferty, but those are two guys who have term. McCabe is retained for two years. And now you bring in Shen and Gustafson and don't really send out much value. I mean, you I get you lose Sandine and you lose Engvall. You know, with the two previous trades, no current roster player went out. They had to figure it was going to happen at some point. But what do you what do you make of all of this in terms of what it means for Dubis? You know, his contract is up. A lot of people thought he was going to fold under the pressure of needing a new contract and make all of these big moves. But I think at the same time, he hasn't made a bad move. So mm-hmm. I'm curious what you guys think this means for Dubis. Does he get an extension? Because if like I, I'm a biased Lee fan, I would give him an extension. I think he's a fantastic GM. I think a lot of the mm-hmm. trades he's made, whether or not they've led to playoff success, which they haven't yet, they were still the right trades to make at the time, and they were good trades. So I'm I'm rambling. What do you guys think this means for Dubas? I'm gonna say one thing before I have to go, but I'm gonna say that with Kyle Dubas. Obviously, we've had a slump of going over the first round and everyone was saying how if we didn't do it this year, this would be his last year. And what Dubas has done right now in the trade deadline has been ridiculous. Like, this has been phenomenal. Every Leaf fan, when when the Leaf fans can get together and agree on one thing, it's miraculous. And Kyle Dubas has made that happen with all these trades. So I think Kyle Dubas has done his job. It's up to Keith and the players now. So if they want, so Dubas extension, I would sign him because he has done his job. It's not his job to go on the ice and, and win a first round. He got everybody. He got what we needed. Now it's the other guy's turn. So if you ask me, I would sign Dubas to an extension. Yeah, yeah. pretty much on well the same page for me. Like it's, I think, I don't know if I would sign him like this very moment. But, you know, like, it's really – he has made the moves. He's, like, done the work. And I think he's been showing that. I've been a big Kyle Dubas fan over the last few years just because some of the trades he's pulled off to not only make the team better, but also by doing that, by getting rid of guys that are holding the team back, which is, like, you know, Nick Ritchie was a good trade. You know, there's a bunch of different trades you can go through and be like, oh, wow, I can't believe he managed to swing that or that kind of stuff. But like, that's totally. a good trade. I think so too. And I think, I think what's also impressive is as, as fans, you hate to see a player leave as, as we hate to see Paul leave right now. Yes. I got to leave. Go coach. Peace out boys. Good luck. Um, But I think as a, a, down a bit. Yeah, we'll try. I think as a fan, you hate to see, uh, you know, like a, a character guy go like a guy that you like as a fan. I think everyone really liked Sandine just because of what, the idea of him brought if that makes sense like he was like the next guy up you know the young prospect it was him and Lilligren. like they were the two stud defensemen on their way up so I think if people are upset by losing Sandine like I get it but but at the same time I think you have to understand that 
in moving him, you get more with, by not having him because, frankly, there's no spot for him on this team right now. Yeah, it was. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of people were kind of like, but because the Leafs defense was like bad a few years ago, right? We were talking about how the fact like the defense wasn't good, it was bad. And we were like, oh, but once Sandy and Lilligren come up, then these will be the young guys. Then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we're going to have like a stacked blue line with young, great talent. And I think like we tried that and it was kind of like the experience was coming to bite us in the butt. And it was like, okay. These guys and the lack of size too. I mean, Sandy and Lilligren are good. And I, I think they're both good everyday NHLers, but they're not big guys by, by NHL standard. Oh, for sure. I don't know like how big they are offhand, but I know by watching them that they aren't big. Guys. And they don't, you know, I will say Sandine plays big. I, I really like the physicality that he brought to his game this year. Um, I think that'll be great for him. He's just like not a huge guy to the point where these hits are, you know, really monstrous. But you know, like you like it when anyone hits, right? Like you like to see that physicality. So um are we gonna miss Sandine? honestly probably not because we have so much to look and and analyze with this team right now it's kind of absurd um where like let's talk about aftermath whether or not there's more trades to come let's just say there aren't and there probably are but for argument's sake zach let's say there are not what do your lines look like now let's start with defense Oh my gosh. Oh, try I'm trying to got to remember. I'm going to say a play and you're going to be like that person doesn't play for us anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, they, got, oh, right. they moved to the KHL. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you what I've kind of written down here and then go from sure. there? Yeah, so I think you rock Riley Brody first pair. I think that I think Brody, you need the most out of Riley as your best defender and I think Brody gives you the best opportunity to get that. Yep, hard Then to I go McCabe Lilligren. And then third pairing Giordano Shen. Yes. I think as an as an opportunity, you could go McCabe Shen, Giordano Lilligren, because we've seen the Geo Lilligren experiment work before. And McCabe Shen has a really sexy, powerful sound <laughs> to it. I think, I think I think Shen has to earn that top four spot on the defense. Though. Well, that's I what I was like going to say. Need... I wouldn't look at it as like one pair is two and one pair is three. You just plug them in situationally. Like, like I guess you'd look at McCabe and Shen as kind of like you're starting the defensive zone pair, like shutdown, so to speak. Even though McCabe has a pretty good two-way game, which people in Toronto will realize after watching this guy for a while. Um, I, I, like, there's a lot of options there. Like Giordano is good in all aspects of the ice. So I, I think you can pretty safely put Riley and Brody as your offensive zone face-off pair. And then, you know, whether or not you look at one pair as two and the other is three, to me, they're interchangeable if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, I think you and I are on the, pretty much on the same page because I feel like Riley, the best of him comes out when he's with Brody because I think Brody's just defensive, like how solid he is defensively kind of gives Riley a little more confidence and freedom to like act up offensively. And that's kind of something that we haven't really seen from him too, too much this year. I I feel like having a solid pair and not like switching every two games between who his pair is, is probably going to help. For sure. So 
let's let's say now we have these extra defenders too. I, I mean, we're assuming one of them or two of them are are out the door, but you still have Hall, you still have Timmons, and you still have Gustafson. Timmons forgot about Timmons. Hall Timmons. You see, three NHL defensemen somewhere. I guess you plug in if Gustafson remains a leaf. You plug him in if any of your left shot guys need to come out for a game, whatever reason. And is it even worth asking you who you put in between Timmons or Hall? It's honestly, it depends on the game, but I would love to just say Timmons for sure. Never play Hall ever again, but it's not that like, simple. Honestly, it's not that. Yeah, it's not that simple. And Paul's not here to yell at me for saying it, but exactly. It That's what we can get away with this kind of slander, <laughs> like opposite slander. Oh, 100%. All right, let's talk forwards. Top six. I mean, for this experiment, let's leave O'Reilly in the top six. As of now, Angle is gone, but we still have Kerfoot. Whether or not he moves, question mark. I know we kind of spoke about it before, but we've had some time to talk and and think and tinker. What do you view your bottom six as? Like, what are those line three, lines four looking like for you? Because to me, I, I see... You could go for more of like a banger line, like an Aston Reese, Achari, Lafferty. Or you try to split up Aston Reese. Sorry, you try to split up Achari and Lafferty to even it out. Yeah. Like I could see Achari on the third line and maybe you do like a Achari, Camp, Kerfoot kind of line. Jeez, if any one of them gets thrown out of the dot, you're good. Yeah. (laughs) You're fine. but is Yarn Croak a fourth line player? No, Yarn Croak's no, probably a third be. line. He player. can't be. He's too good. So then that's where I think Kerfoot probably has more versatility than anybody else on that third line to go But down. ironically, I feel like out of the three of them, Kerfoot's the one who Keefe would drop to the fourth line because we've seen that recently. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I think he could go down. But it would like, just I, be... I don't Yeah, I don't know how good Lafferty is. I mean, I've watched him. Like I, I get the kind of player he is. But I, I guess the only question is, is he good enough to take a spot on the third line? I think Keefe is going to experiment until, you know, there's no more paper to write notes on. But oh, yeah. could you go Yarncroke, Camp, Lafferty? Like, sure, why not? Like, you, if you think about it, we have a full new line, forward line, from trade acquisitions. So it's going to take some time to like just play around with all the different options and see what happens. Maybe O'Reilly drops to the third center, and then oh, what do you do if he drops down? Like you're putting, are you putting Yarncroak back up there with Tavares and Marner kind of thing? And then you're running, like, are you running O'Reilly? Camp is a good centerman, but do you throw him to the wing? Do you throw him to the fourth line center? There's just so many different options to play with now. Yeah, like even more than after the O'Reilly trade, and because so. you know what, I, I now that you say that, with this idea of O'Reilly potentially being a third line center, I think that almost makes Kerfoot's utility too valuable to trade. Really, like How the so? fact, well, because the fact that like at his peak, we've seen Kerfoot, you know, it'd be like a somewhat serviceable second line winger if needed. I don't think Yarncroak can play there like truly. Hmm. But I think it's between the two of them. So if you get rid of Kerfoot, I think that I think by getting rid of Kerfoot, you limit what you can get in terms of production if you move O'Reilly off the second line. 
because someone has to go up. I think Kerfoot's a good option to go up. Plus, yep. playoff performer for the Leafs, the last two playoffs. I just think the fact that he can do everything makes him too valuable to trade, even though he makes three and a half against the cap. Yeah. But I, like, I, we're just poking at stuff because it might be irrelevant if Hall and Gustafson are gone and then you're saving another $3 million elsewhere. Yeah, who knows? There's still... What three? The deadline is Friday, I believe, right? Friday yeah. three. So, yeah. you know, there's still a few days left to see. I find that it's funny that all the trades are happening now and not two days from now. But we'll see. He's Dewis has the time to, and you know, we have the game Wednesday against Edmonton. Maybe it's kind of a game where he gives a couple of players one last look. Like maybe Hall's in the lineup for that game against Edmonton to be. For sure. Well, party. it's a back to back, right? They play Calgary the next night, so. You know, whether or not he just wants to put new guys in just to keep everyone fresh because it's a back-to-back on a road trip. You could be changing your, like, almost your whole defensive core. Just be like, okay, we'll play this set of defensemen on one day and a completely different set of defensemen on the next day. 100%. He could just take out Geo for a game because the dude's old and just throw Uh, Gustafson in. That wouldn't surprise me. I think down the stretch he'll probably play less. Well, I I don't know if Gustafson's ever going to actually play a game for the Leafs. Part of me thinks he's just going to be moved elsewhere. I, I don't entirely understand the return if it is to keep him as an extra guy like i get he's offensive and maybe because you shipped out sandine you kind of need that offensive potential if you plug him in yes zachary uh gustav nyquist going to minnesota wild interesting but he's on like i think he's on injured like long-term injured reserve so that's an interesting move but so if he's on LTIR, then the Minnesota just gains some cap space by acquiring him. Which they need because they're paying their their $12 million of their salary cap is going towards a buyout penalty on Parise and Suter. <laughs> you know, yeah. next year it goes up to 14. No, it goes up next year. Oh, and the year after, it's in, it's in like 14 million against the cap. That's atrocious. That's so bad. That is so bad. Yeah, it's rough. It's That's rough. Um, you know, we don't know Matt Murray's health. We don't know if he's healthy, if he's going to be. It's. I mean, it, signs are pointing towards he's going to be activated soon. But that doesn't solve or, you know, it doesn't answer the question of does Kyle Dubas trust him to be healthy down the stretch and into the playoffs? So we've seen Dubas go out at last year's deadline. He brought in Dave Riddick as a third goalie. Didn't see the bench in the playoffs, let alone the ice. Do you think Dubas brings in a goalie, like a third guy? Do you think he tries, you know, he has some assets to to work with now. Could he even try to get someone to take Murray off his hands in exchange for a different goalie? Maybe he looks at like an Arizona saying, take Murray. I'll give you Gustafson. I'll give you this first round pick. And you give me Vimelka back. Like something, you know, like along those lines. I'm, I'm very much yeah. spitballing. Don't worry about the value there. But does he try to use some of this capital to offload Murray because he is under contract next year? So that's, what are your thoughts? That's a, that's a good point. You know, I hadn't really considered that because to me, I was going to say, like, I would be really surprised if Dubis goes and gets another goalie just because of, like, the Dave Riddick type of scenario. So that what you said makes way more sense to me, like him actually going and getting, like, a stable piece to put in there, not as like a support, but like actually one of your two guys that you want to go into the playoffs with. I could definitely see him doing that. 
And, you know, maybe that's what he does. I would rather him do that than get some fringe guy who's like your, your one, your one C instead of your one A and your one B, you know? So I would be, I would prefer that. Who knows? Maybe he trades Samsonov, Murray, and first and Gustafson and gets like Igor Shuster. Obviously, it's not never going to happen, but like something like that to get a really good goalie. Like I love um, from Anaheim, John Gibson. I think that guy is such an yeah. underrated goalie because his team sucks. He is such a good goalie that I feel like he would be a kind of guy where I would love to pick him up. That guy had his third 50 save performance of the month. The other yeah, day. it's absurd. That guy is good. I would love to him to just trade and get that guy as your starter. I don't know if he'll do it, like trading for a starter at the deadline. Like that's pretty unheard of. Yeah, but there's been talk this season. Like they've names like Gibson, uh, UC Soros, Thatcher Demko. Like I know the rumors because Toronto is, according to the media, involved in everyone (laughs) and interested in everyone. Um. I don't want to say it's not possible. I just don't think that'll happen. But like, you know, the options out there, I just think moving Murray, you have to find someone willing to take him on. And I think you'd have to throw in extra capital for them to want to do that. But I mean, look what Chicago, like Chicago took Mrazek off our hands. It's true. So stranger things have happened. Um, we're, We're running about the hour mark. Do you want to quickly touch on some of the other trades that happened uh, in the NHL? Sure. Uh, let's do it. Let's go to Tanner Janot. I actually mentioned, I'm just like tooting my own horn this whole episode, but I mentioned Janot as a, a Leafs trade target months ago. I don't know if you remember, but I said, this is a guy not playing very well. I mean, little did I know, I thought he was probably pretty cheap to acquire, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have proved me otherwise. Um, I thought he was a good fit. You're like a big guy, rough, you know, not afraid to throw the body likes to hit he scored 20 30 goals last year uh but tampa went out and they got him because of course they did and they sent the farm for him they traded Calfoot and five draft picks to acquire tanner Janot. that's that's a lot of people like if you <laughs> turn draft picks into players that's you're shipping out six players for one guy and you know what all five of those guys that you send could turn into nothing. It's true, but there's like that's the thing with draft picks, right? Like you only you only kind of know their value. Yeah, but I mean they're not looking at it in terms of that. Like you know, like you, yeah. you might send a first for a good player, and that first turns out to be great. But it's 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 situational, right? You need the player now. You don't need the first in four years. Yeah, I just think it's a lot for a guy who's not performing well this year. But when I when I now see a third line on Tampa. Uh, who is it? It'll be Janot, Nick Paul, and Ross Colton. And we're that's going up against heavy. them in the first line. That's first a heavy round. Line. That's yeah. uh that's tough to me. So I think the fit for Tampa is fantastic. It's brutal for us playing them in the first round. It just seems like everyone everywhere thinks Tampa paid not like an arm a foot, two feet, and a an esophagus. A foot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff it's, it's a lot. It's uh, Jeff Fink. Oh my gosh! Don't even remind me. Oh, that was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, maybe the least we'll get another old defenseman. Bring Jeff Finger out of retirement. I don't even know where that guy is now. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, yeah, expensive I, yeah. but understandable why Tampa made the deal. Like it wasn't surprising. 
a little bit more than I would have expected, but yeah. I'm trying to see how much he has left on his deal. I want to say he's one more year after this, or he's expiring. He makes 800k this year, and he's expiring. He's an expiring. I'm gonna guess an RFA, but I can't see it right now. He's an expiring restricted free agent. So I guess that's part of the reason Tampa gives up a lot because whether or not they resign him, they at least have his rights. So they can get some capital back should they, you know, qualify him for restricted free agency, sign somewhere else, they get some picks in return. Um, but you know, like look at Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul are on some pretty team-friendly contracts. So, you know, I'm not gonna question that. Tampa doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, these guys have a history of bringing in guys, making those deals that are like, oh my gosh, they were able to make that work kind of thing. So this is a team that has won two Stanley Cups. They know what they're doing. The players know what they're doing. The management knows what they're doing. So yeah, they're always a foe that you need to be like aware of. Like I think, for example, the New York Rangers look like an incredibly dangerous team. But I don't know, in a playoff situation with playoff experience, it's tough because now I feel like even though they have a better core than Tampa does, I feel like Tampa, because of the experience, has the same kind of level of threat. I don't know if they're better than the Rangers. I guess. I guess. They're still like a threat, you know? Yeah, I mean, two of the best goalies in the league on on either side there. Let's talk about the Rangers. Uh, I know Paul and I are huge Patrick Kane fans. So to, to see him traded, I know it's been talked about. I think as like a a Hawks are always like my second team as a Hawks fan. I'm kind of like, I feel like it wasn't a sad to think about him getting traded because there still was this like alluring possibility that he was coming to Toronto, even though it seems like that was never really a possibility. But now that he's traded, I mean, it's kind of remarkable. Um, The top six on the Rangers is just otherworldly. It's it's almost cheating. I don't want to like... Like, I kind of want to be like, that's totally unfair. Like, NHL 23, like, 100 overall forward is, Yeah, like trade, trade difficulty, easy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But it, it was just... Yeah, like, what was the return for Kane? It was a conditional second. So it's a sec... So if the Rangers make the conference finals, it becomes a first. Which I, I am assuming they will. I'd be I'd be shocked if they lose. Like I think the matchup is pretty much set between them and New Jersey in the first round. But you know and what? Like New Jersey gets Timo Meyer. It's not like both those teams are loading up. That's gonna be a very, very interesting first round. It's like... crazy. Cra- like the East is just something else. Like the, there's not really enough to be said about how absurdly con- uh, competitive the East is yeah. gonna be. Like, they should stagger, like, the viewing times for the playoffs in the East because no one's going to be watching the West games at 10 p.m. If the Rangers are playing at 10 p.m. instead, I would watch the Rangers game. Like, I wouldn't watch any of the Western games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's pretty nuts to think about, like you said, Devils-Rangers first round. Let's say the Rangers come out. They're they're probably facing Carolina. Like, as good as that top six is, you might not even get past Carolina. And then you got Tarasenko and Kane for you know, around, but yeah. Um, and then they get to the conference finals if they beat Carolina. And then they're probably looking at Boston, Toronto, Boston, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's a tough road in the East. That's, 
Like now you can't even use the argument about like, oh, the playoff. Well, you, I mean, you can like how the playoff format kind of sucks that Toronto and Tampa are going to play each other, New York, New Jersey. Like that's, I prefer the one to eight personally, Yeah. but I feel like it doesn't matter now because every team in the East is, is really good. Like there's so many options. Like you're going to be fighting either way. Like, yeah. If I go. Zach, you uh, want to, you want to hear what the most ironic part is? Yes. If it was one versus eight, as of right now, the Leafs would still play Tampa. <laughs> is <it> really? <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Oh my god. Because the Leafs, the Leafs are fourth in the East, and Tampa is fifth. That's, so yeah. You know, it's burned conference. us in the past, but as of right now, it's it's not really uh, changing much. Yeah. Then the Rangers would still play Jersey. Carolina, the Islanders, Boston, Pittsburgh. Wow, the Islanders are in a playoff spot. That's surprising. Oh, there were all those lower, like seven, eight seeds are like the numbers are so, so. Yeah, close. they're they're pretty tight there. I I don't know, like that that wild card race is going to be crazy. The East is just crazy. I I don't even know what to think. Like I'm still trying to process the day we just had because goddamn Kyle Dubis is a menace. Yeah, it would take this kind of day for me to not be focused on a Patrick Kane trade. Yeah, like, who cares? <laughs> Patrick Kane, <laughs> scrub. Three Stanley Cups, and no biggie. Who? Patrick who? Yeah, Eddie exactly. Kane? He, I, I was just going to say Evander Kane. Is that the guy who's bankrupt? <laughs> um, uh... <laughs> I, I think we've talked enough about all of this. Until there's another trade, I mean, any last thoughts on, on the day that we've had or the last couple of days with Dubis and the Leafs before we get to the week ahead. This is probably, I saw it on Twitter. Someone said this and they're totally right. This is going to be the most anticipated playoff series, like playoffs for Toronto in a, in a while. Like everyone's been anticipating because we've been good, but I feel like there are more eyes, more excitement because we've loaded up and like yeah. more expectation. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. This will be a fun one. I don't like. I don't know what I'll do if they lose in the first round again. Probably cry, know. like I did every other year. Uh, that's a joke. I don't cry. <laughs> I will. I will cry. I will definitely cry. Yeah. All right. Let's let's quickly talk about the week ahead. Um, <laughs> Wednesday at Edmonton. Uh, well, this episode will come out tomorrow, being Wednesday. So Wednesday at Edmonton, Thursday at Calgary. It's a back to back in Alberta. Saturday at Vancouver. Tuesday at New Jersey. Paul was so kind to let us know his. Main areas for the week, uh, main areas of focus for the week for the team and his prediction. So he has, for his main area focus, sign everybody. Uh, I don't know if you can do that this week, okay. but <laughs> I, I appreciate the sentiment, Paul. Uh, Zach, what do you have? Uh, experiment and have fun, Mr. Sheldon Keith. Let's, <laughs> let's see. I want to see some crazy stuff. Why not? Yeah, I, I said play the new guys a lot. I don't know. That's what I wrote. Like, <laughs> let's Let's just... Throw all the chips on the board and see where they lie. Because that, that seems like it's what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk predictions. Paul had 3-0-1. Zach, what do you have? Uh, you you kind of cut out on my end. I don't know what's going on. With uh, I said Paul has 3-0-1 in his prediction. What do you have? Perfect. I have 3-1-0. Uh, the one uh, probably going to be against Vancouver. Team on that list, so we'll probably lose to Vancouver. Fair enough. I, I went. Uh, what did I write? Two one and one. 
back to back wild card. You know, we're probably gonna play a Timo Meyer on Jersey. We I think we're one and one on the season series with Jersey. We ended their win streak back in December, November, whatever it was. So four games back to back on the road, and all bets are off. I'm the two one and one. You have so many, you have six new pieces on this team that will probably be in the, uh, let's say five. I don't care. Gustafson, but, but five players that will probably be in this lineup that were not in it 10 days ago. Crazy. That's, that's actually bonkers. Bonkers with a capital C. It's stupid with two O's. Okay. Stupid with two O's. <laughs> um, I have nothing else. I worked all day. My brain is just out of capacity. So by the time this episode posts, it might be outdated. There might be more trades. We might learn more. I'm sure we will. I'm refreshing um, Twitter just in case. Yeah, just no, I think we're good. Well, see what, he's, see what happens. Knowing us, as soon as we click end recording, something will come. By the time this episode out, something new will happen. But anyways, thank you very much for listening. As always, we appreciate the support. Follow, subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. You know the drill. Uh, favorite three words, Zach, you go first. I will say mine, which would have been Paul's because I know what his would have been. I think he did say them already, but I'll let you go first. Uh, trade Paul. I was going to say for Paul, let Dubas cook. Let. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. And so accurate. Let the man cook, yo. Let him cook. Let, Let him cook. There, there's only one cook in the kitchen, so it's working. Uh, that is it for us here again. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to take care of the planet, and we'll see you next week. Bye.